Well, it sure seems like December went by real fast. I mean, Saturday is Christmas Eve, and so I wanted to take this opportunity to plug in the Christmas Eve services here at St. John's. Won't you please join us this Wednesday if you're traveling? Here in the auditorium at Walker Hall, we will be having our Travelers service, which is the service that we will do exactly on Christmas Eve. So if you're leaving out of town, but you don't want to see what other crazy instruments Stefan could somehow play today, uh, come and check it out on Wednesday, December 21st. Otherwise, we'll see you on Christmas Eve at 3 o'clock if you like German services, 4 if you want to come to the auditorium, 5 o'clock if you like to have family services with candles over in the sanctuary, 6 o'clock if you want to come to the auditorium, 7 o'clock if you like traditional worship over in the sanctuary, and also at 9. One person only, one family actually, has ever been to all of the services, including the travelers. So you know who you are. Let's see if you can do it again. And if you'd like to join them, you know that that you absolutely can. And, and between this time, no doubt, you've gotten a lot of shopping done. Maybe you've been to a Christmas party or two, got a white elephant gift that makes for a good story. Santa's got his list, and you probably have one too that you still got to cross some things off. But before you did, maybe you uh, put on a winter coat, went and looked at any Christmas lights, anybody? Walk down Pine Street? Anybody do some caroling this year? Anybody participate in a Hallmark movie marathon? Joel, I see you nodding. Very nice. What about those of you who just like to watch your favorite Christmas movie? Can I get some love for Elf? All right, all right. White Christmas? Okay, all right. It's a Wonderful Life. Grinch, any version? Okay, okay. Christmas Vacation? Christmas Story? Harry Potter? All right, there we go. Those are all Christmas movies. Um, any, any that I missed? Did I miss any Christmas movies? All right, now I want you to watch this. Watch this, camera, camera one. Zoom in, please. This is a card that I wrote, and it says, some dude or lady will shout, die hard. <laughs> I knew it would happen. But if you haven't watched any movies and you've just been hibernating, that's okay too because you're here now. So let's pull out our Bibles. We're going to look at Isaiah 7. Follow along with us if you will because it's time to dive in. The screens will help us if you didn't bring your Bible today. But our Isaiah 7 text that we come across this morning is mainly recognized for its quotation by Matthew with the story of the birth of Jesus. And we started our service today with that reading. Now, to provide some context for what is happening when this prophecy was given here in Isaiah chapter 10, because I'm picking up at verse 10 today, it may seem a little familiar for you, this context, because we have been spending so much time in Isaiah. We were in Jeremiah and Lamentations before that. And so wouldn't you know it, the mighty nation of Assyria has extended its power over all the countries in the West, and they are now forcing Judah and Israel. Because when Solomon died, remember, David was the king, Solomon was his son, and when he died, the kingdom actually split into two. The north was called Israel, and the south was Judah with Jerusalem. That's where the reigning one of David lived, down in here in Judah, but the north. There were two. And the Assyrians were forcing both of the kingdoms to pay tribute. But several countries had decided to make an alliance to rebel against Assyria. 
And that included the northern kingdom of Israel and this other nation called Syria. And for some reason not told to us, King Ahaz, who is the king of Judah and was the descendant of David, he refused to be a part of this alliance and the rebellion. And so that Western alliance that started to secretly happen felt, you know, it's probably not a good idea to have this Assyrian sympathizer in our midst. Let's join together and take out Judah first. We'll replace King Ahaz. We'll put our own little puppet king in there who will follow our instructions. We'll join the alliance, and then we'll see what is happening. On top of this, the Philistines and some of the other surrounding cities had been having some raids on Judah. So basically, Judah, King Ahaz, his kingdom, is getting attacked on every single side, and his army is not doing well. So like we're familiar with, Isaiah was sent by God to reassure the king that the plans that were being made against him would not succeed. God had given his promise to King David that David's family would be kept in power. And so God himself would turn back these men who were trying to remove him from his royal family, from his throne. But Ahaz does not have any confidence in God or in any of the promises of God. And so, since he was being attacked for staying loyal to Assyria, he decides that he's going to take from the temple treasury and put together this large gift of gold and silver and send it to Assyria and ask for their help. And that's where we pick up in our text, with God sending Isaiah for a second time and offering to do any miracle Ahaz desires as a sign that his future is safe, that God is in control. And so like we've been doing, I'd like us to enter into the text, right? So we take that deep breath, that moment of prayer in our hearts. We ask God for a more intimate knowledge of Jesus so that we may love him more, that we may follow Christ more closely as we read his word today, that we would let our hearts and our minds be aware of that peace that settles upon us, that God himself looks at us in love as he speaks to us through his word. And I really want you to, to go there today. I really want you to see yourself in that throne room. I want you to be standing amongst the crowd, right? You look up, maybe you see Ahaz, he's sitting on his throne. The royal court is there. Isaiah is walking through the door. He's walking up to him. He stops, and there we are watching this event unfold. And here we are at verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. What a moment, right? Think of the signs of the Old Testament that have happened so far. Some natural, like a, a rainbow in the sky or the sun staying in the same exact place, not moving. Some supernatural, like a stick turning into a snake, like a leprosy hand that could be healed. Think of all of the plagues, the, the fleece and the dew with Gideon. All these cool signs that strengthen faith. And Ahaz can ask for something unbelievable, the highest of heights, the deepest of depths, something that would never be possible. Let your heart and your mind wander. What, what, what would you ask for? What sign would you want? What sign are you seeking from God right now? 
because if we return to the text, we see that Ahaz responds and says, I will not ask. And then he quotes Deuteronomy 6, saying, I will not test the Lord. And to be clear, Ahaz didn't have so much faith that he didn't need a sign. He tries to cite Deuteronomy 6 here, but that's not what that verse is talking about or how Jesus used it when the devil was tempting him. See, Deuteronomy 6 refers to a specific form of testing, of demanding from God a sign for him to prove something to you. This situation is the opposite. God is seeing Ahaz's doubt and wants to increase his faith by giving him a sign. He is seeing the situation that he is in and offering him a sign. But Ahaz didn't want it. Why? Because he didn't want God. Ahaz wanted to put his faith not in God, but in his own hands, in the hands of Assyria, in the scheme, the plans that he had made. He didn't want to hear or listen or surrender or change to God. And instead of accepting God's provision, he denied it. He didn't want a sign because of what it would mean, what it would mean for him. And it's here where you are in the text, right? You can see Ahaz say this, his proud face, his mind that won't be changed. But in this moment, take a, take a look at yourself, too. Have you ever felt that, that you don't want a sign, that you don't want God to show up? Because, well, if he does, then you have to respond. Sometimes we don't want a sign from God because it means we would have to surrender. It means we would have to change what we are doing. Or we would have to do something we don't really want to do. Something that would make us uncomfortable. We would have to die to ourself. Surrendering, changing according to God's ways, dying to self and living to God can be scary, can be challenging. And it's easier if there's just no sign because then we can keep God at bay. We can manage God. But there are other times when we really want signs. And if you're anything like me, <laughs> the dew in the fleece and the one morning and then the dew on the ground but not on the fleece the next morning, I would need that every single day forever. Because the sign that I really want isn't, <laughs> isn't just one and done. I want the sign of everything good all the time. I want to believe that I'd only need one sign. And then I would just, you know, if God did it, then I would never doubt again. And I would always listen to him and I would never ask for anything again ever. But that's not true. Because the sign of everything good all the time really means is that myself, Lord, in this life, myself needs to stay the focus. The things that I want, God, and the things when I want them need to be done and answered. And if they're not God, well, then I need to know why. Because I'm right. I did the research. I'm correct in this situation. And I know best. And frankly, I deserve it. So I want my sign of everything good all the time. And to be clear, Lord, if everything's good, like really good, I'll tithe. I really will. 10%. Let me hit that lotto. 10% of it is yours. 
I'll do good. I'll be concerned about other things. I'm not a horrible person. You know me, right? I'm like, I'm like Ryan the Temp. I want guidance, Lord. I want leadership. But like, don't boss me around, God. Just, just lead me. Lead me when I'm in the mood to be led. That's what I want. But we have that nagging in the back of our minds, that when we want more signs, more signs, more signs. Don't you wonder that, well, if you can't do it without God giving you a sign, would you really do it if he did? And if so, for how long? And maybe we've spent so much time in the in-between of not having signs from God or needing signs all the time from God that we're just kind of used to making our own way. It's been 2,000 years. Are there really any signs anymore? Because at the end of the day, who's it come down to? Us. No free lunches. Buck stops here. You have to find what works for you. Nobody else cares. So trust in yourself. And if something happens, there's a coincidence or something like that, it's just a glitch in the matrix. God's far too busy to pay attention to this tiny momentary speck in this indifferent universe. No sign from God. Continual signs will make your own. Isaiah then says, here now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is always faithful to us, even when we stumble. When we want signs, when we don't want signs, when we forget to look for signs, he gives us a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, Emmanuel. And here's what that name means, what God's sign means for us. He is with us. His name is a promise. He is for us. He is with us. And it is your Lord Jesus who surrendered himself and took on flesh to be marked as one of us. It was your Lord Jesus who took your sins upon himself and changed you from the condemned sinner to the redeemed child of God that you are. It is your Lord Jesus who died so that you could be made whole, so that you could be healed. It is your Lord Jesus who himself is the sign that by his resurrection made sure that everything will be good all the time. It's not the way we want. But certainly the way that we need. And it is your Lord Jesus who sees you, who knows you by name, who cares for you, so that you and I, that when you are overwhelmed and surrounded and being attacked on every side, and the pain and the fear and the uncertainty is there, he, your Lord Jesus, is your king who provides for you. In that you can trust because of the sign that has come. For he provides the peace that you need. He covers you in that peace. Peace for your mind, peace for your heart, 
peace in every strife, the losses and the hurtings of life. It is your Lord Jesus who provides the breath of life for you, the hope that you need. He does not disappoint. He's the great I am, the gates of hell, and this messed up world do not stop him from coming to you. He is yours, and he will be enough. He provides the joy in your heart so that when you are running on empty, he fills that cup with his very self. Heals you with a stretch of his hand. Forgives you with the stretch of his arms. And provides the love that you need. Whatever has been marked for dead by the power of Jesus will turn to life. And where you are broken, he will pick up the pieces and make you whole because he has chosen you and he stays with you. He is Emmanuel. He is God with you. And as the band makes their way up, we will pray together and we will sing. Will you pray with me? Father, Lord, at different times, we deal with different things. At different times, our heart wants to be on its own. At different times, our heart desperately needs you. At different times, our heart forgets you. But through it all, you are there. Through it all, you hold us close. So, Lord, this season, we celebrate and rejoice for you have come. You are ours. You have come to be with us. You have promised that you will be with us always to the very end of the age. So Lord, when we need a sign, <laughs> we turn to you. You who are the light of the world. And you smile and say, hey, I called you the light of the world too. So stir in our hearts confidence, stir in our hearts courage, and we will show your sign to all. The peace that you have given us, the love that you have for us, the hope that drives us never fails. We are yours, Lord Jesus. So hear us as we call upon you and give you praise. Amen.